Let's go. I we only got half an hour, so let's go. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> Boom, F bump. Yeah, so uh well, I guess one of the the big things to talk about is uh the upcoming Mythic Championship. Yeah. Where I'm I'm playing uh Golos. <laughs> Uh, I could. I tried. I tried very hard. Couldn't really find anything I thought was better. There's, you can find decks that beat it, but they just lose everything else while not beating it by that much, even. So, I guess most of the field came to the same conclusion. Yeah, I mean, a lot of smart people decided to play that, or <clears throat> like Bant or Blue Green Ramp decks. I think you know after they ban Field of the Dead, Oko is going to be number one thing. So. And I suspect they won't ban it. They don't like to ban cards that are just printed in standard. It makes them look foolish. But, uh, like, if if I were to play this weekend, didn't want to play Golos, you recommended me, like, Oko Ramp is, is sort of a viable alternative? Yeah, I haven't really gotten the chance to try in depth the, the these Mardu decks that some people brought that I've heard that are, are reasonable. Um they don't look that great to me, but I, you know, I can see it. The aggro is always a reasonable thing, especially if you're if you're playing like arena ladder, you get to play more games, so that's usually good. And yeah, if you didn't want to play Oko this weekend at an event, I think some kind of bat and ramp deck. You know, it's hard to go wrong with the the check hive mind. The, that you know, Stansifka and Juga. that's what they're they're playing. Yeah, so. You know, you have to. I wouldn't copy like the the list that Reed Duke and Huey and company are playing because that's strongly metagame deck, right? With four main deck and disdainful stroke, they're planning for a specific metagame, and you might not really get that metagame at your local shop. Well, were they right on their call? You think? Yeah, definitely right on their call. You know, whether <clears throat> how much of a benefit it actually gives them is another another question because. You know these bant decks are, almost, are all have Teferi, so if you get a, to stick a Teferi, then you can't really counter things. You're also trying to tap thing, tap out, <clears throat> but you're, you're reasonable at pressuring Teferi, so we'll we'll see how it works out. Okay, so uh, we had a question from from a listener of ours who's asked like wanted to know if you prepare differently for a bigger field tournament like. Like a regular size pro tour versus uh, like this arena mythic championship or smaller set of of competitors, right? Yeah, it, an event like this is not quite world championship where I like go through the list of who's invited and figure out what deck I think they're playing. It's a lot harder to do in a field like this where there's still a lot of people and a lot of unknown people. But it is closer to that. I do expect there to be more a more ref- refined metagame at a, a tournament like this where versus like if you play in a paper mythic championship you know where there's 500 people i don't think that even that 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 high percentage of people would play golos and blue green and stuff there would be a lot more people trying something else just for kind of the sake of being different in some ways basically i think a smaller field like this fewer people are making a huge deck building or, or deck selection mistake compared to at the bigger tournaments do you find you like with goals being so clearly the the best deck though that did it really affect like this this size of whether it was 500 or or or, what is it 68 or yes would you have still played goals regardless like i would have but the but it's you know i would have my list would look differently 
I right now my list is very much, you know, built with a mirror in mind. Uh, you know, for better or worse, that's that's what I thought was going to be important. And I, you know, some card choices are based around thinking that and, you know, expecting things like the the Black Green Adventure deck and the the Bat deck to be huge, huge like larger shares, let's say, but mainly for Golos. Whereas I think I would build something just more solid for a, a, a bigger event. It's it's weird also because in some ways these tournaments are even more prize heavy, like top heavy, than the tabletop ones. Uh, in the tabletop ones there's sort of more rounds usually and, you know, with more people it makes sense, but there's also limited that can add some skill and stuff. It's So it is a bit different. I think that I would play something kind of safer in some ways for a, for a tabletop mythic championship. Yeah, if we think about modern and a lot of big formats with a lot of people, uh, even the most popular deck uh, in these big sizes, it, it seems like there's a cap to how how popular it can be, right? Whereas here, it's like, whoa, there's just the percentage is really high of, of goals players. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's way easier for a field like this to have seventy percent goals. Than a 500 person tournament to have 70% Golos. It's it's just kind of, I don't know if it's just partly due to the size, but also the people who are invited. You know, I think there's a certain, the willingness to play the best deck, to think that you can beat these mirrors of other people playing the best deck. Well, a lot of the people here are capable of playing mirrors at a high level, whereas in a 500 person tournament, maybe a lot of people are making the correct deck decision if they think that they don't have the skill to navigate that type of thing. Uh, but in general, I think a lot of people are just scared of playing the best deck. They're, they're scared of having a target on their back. They're scared of people being prepared. And there's definitely percent that you gain from people not knowing what you're doing. Right. But is, is that enough to compensate, especially in the world we live in now where there's open deck lists? That's uh, that's the question. Um, I've I've asked you this personally. Then I've wanted to ask Ari Lax because he tends to have strong opinions about how he feels about cards, uh, decks, and formats. Which is like, you know, do you guys hate this format? And I think consensus is like for among the pros that this format's terrible. But I also asked him like, and, and maybe you disagree with it. I, I think you might. How skill intensive the format is, and he he felt he's, his answer to me was like. Very high skill, but he still hates it. And I tend to find that, uh, of course, that we we seek skill intensity, right? So, so yeah. explain to me why he might feel that way, or, or how you might feel differently about that. Well, I'm not so sure, but the high skill intensity. I mean, there is the thing that games go a long time, right? When we've talked about that, that can often lead to skill intensity because they're just the massive decisions. And in terms of that, I agree. Uh, I just think that. The decisions often don't actually matter, and that they're just not, or and and that they're not that difficult often to make. You know, for instance, the sequencing with with your goals and and your land. Do you do you play the goals to find field of the dead first, getting you know two tokens from that, and then play the land, get two tokens, or play it first, get one token, then the land, get two. Well, you know, obviously, you want to get more tokens. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's other spots where like, how much do you commit to, into potentially to having a wrath or how, how much do you wait for them to commit before using your wrath uh, you know do you 
play your, you know, agent of treachery and stuff. But mostly, I think a lot of the the skill and standard has, for the last while has been in deck building and sideboarding and metagaming rather than in in game play. And for me, I prefer in game play. Uh, you know, it's it's one of the things that I guess the internet age has changed too. Like in chess, I think things have changed that way too. That preparation has become often more more important than anything. And I think that's you know that magic is moving in a little bit in that way, at least for constructed. I think limited is still, you know, there's preparation limit is valuable, but you do have to figure out things on on the fly. Uh, and I maybe that might be why I've been enjoying limited formats for the last while, but not constructed formats. But there have been times where I did enjoy constructed formats, where I did feel like, you know, the decisions you make in game are tough and they, and they mattered. And there's there's certainly some spots where you have to figure out things. I think there are definitely games where a lot of skill kicks in. And often, you know, you can make a critical error and that can cost you. But I'm, I haven't been that impressed with, with, with the standard. And I would kind of agree that I just don't find it very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that if they ban Field of the Dead, that it'll be more fun. I think Oko is also pretty oppressive and kind of unfun in that anything you try and do just becomes a 3-3 elk, right? <laughs> uh, but Field of the Dead is definitely feels like a bigger problem to me because it's much harder to answer, and it just makes so many zombies that everything everybody's doing is just based off the idea that you have to beat the fact that, like, on turn four or five or something, there's going to start being an endless stream of zombies from your opponent. How do you beat that? Do maybe maybe a fun one for, for people that uh, are drafting <laughs> Mythic Championship competitors. Um, I, I guess my curious question for you on, on the spot here. Don't pick me. <laughs> Besides not picking you. Um, <laughs> is uh, if you have anyone that... That is uh, that, that maybe maybe under the radar or if known that are underrated because I think when we when I first had you analyze I guess when we went over all the the MPL people and all the divisions I think um, you know there's stuff that I didn't know which is that you you thought Javier Dominguez was was pretty damn good and I think you named other people as well um, you know any any people that you would draft uh, if if you were these uh... well I mean you have to. First of all, I think the MPL are going to be drafted pretty highly, and that makes sense to me. Uh, then you have to look at the people who've qualified from Arena and the people who got special invites. Uh, you know, in general, I would guess for a fantasy draft scenario, you know, MPL would go first, then probably like the Hall of Famers from the special invites, and then the Arena people. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. I think there's definitely like, in terms certainly. North America, Europe, you know, we, I think there's a bit of a bias to against kind of some South American players who might not be as known. So both uh, Sebastian Pozo and uh, Patrick, I, I'm not sure how to, he pronounced his last name, but he qualified via Arena last time. And this time he came really close and they ended up giving him a, a special invite. So I think... Uh, I would look. I would look to to see how they they do. There might be some kind of sleeper picks for. I guess even this. now these the the non American MPL players are are probably undervalued as well, right? I guess still maybe yeah. To like, I think that 
certainly I think the American MPL players might be a little overvalued, yeah. Uh, though, you know, there's a reason they're valued highly. They are very good, but you also just get more access to their thoughts from, you know, their content being accessible to you and, you know, them streaming in English, having having written articles up, and just in general being interviewed more, being easier to connect with. Uh, and it makes you root for them too, I think, versus someone who's, you know, not as comfortable in your language and so doesn't produce content, you know, or produces content. You know, let's say Ken Yukihiro, he's kind of a mad genius, and he, but he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't make English content. It's it's hard to get into his mind and see how he he thinks, and because that would be a fascinating trip, I'll tell you that. But uh, you know, he, and he's got he's got his version of uh, Mardu Knights and. It's pretty wild, and maybe you know, maybe it's great, but I'm skeptical of the mana base. But there's some there's some power there, and he always kind of he's someone who kind of always does his own thing, for the most part at least. And it's, you know, it, it'll 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 be cool to see how things go out. And I think, yeah, I, I do think that there is a North American bias when it comes to magic, both you know in terms of those being the people who get more coverage who get more famous and then also it's just i think it is easier to start off and to succeed as a north american you have access to more connections and more tournaments so anybody who succeeds from other regions i always you know my automatic assumption is that they're a little bit a little bit better by default kind of right i think just talking to you like like Javier, Marcio, um, Ken, I think like talking to you versus let's say the the average local tournament grinder I talk to, I think I think you have these Europeans or yeah. Japanese players. I mean, it wouldn't be an episode of Table for Two if I didn't give a shout out to Ben Stark, you know, for being overrated. <laughs> but <laughs> but no, I lo- love you, Ben. But I think that uh, yeah, I think that there are a lot. You know, I think often the, the Japanese players are are underrated and i think that south american players are underrated and even europeans you know there's just like someone like uh depraz is uh is a player who's you know relatively new to the scene but he's he's impressed me a good amount and i would think that how good he is versus how good other people is in general especially north americans think that he is i think there's a, a pretty big delta there so you know he's probably in like the the top top half of the MPL, let's say, though, of course, the MPL is very good, but yeah, that makes sense. Whereas, you know, I think other people might have him, you know, at the bottom because they just don't know him that well. Just just an example. It's a uh, what what's Shota play or Shota? I guess never known. Well, I don't actually have everybody's deck list memorized, uh, but <laughs> I, I thought you would look him up. <laughs> <laughs> well. I don't think he's playing anything super <laughs> spicy because people haven't haven't mentioned as well. But I've uh, frankly uh, the last couple of days I've been kind of excited by uh, oh, the release of oh, no. Legends of Runeterra. Oh no! You know? that, are you gonna is that are you gonna start playing that instead of TFT now? KYT. I uh, okay. Let's. It's kind of kind of sweet. I mean, uh, any any new games in the in the digital card game genre I think are are good. You know, Rising Tide lifts all boats, and you know, as so, much as I love Magic, it's it's nice to sometimes play a, a different game as a as a little break. One quick thing though, I it's I feel like it had to have been more. 
It feels like it should have been more than 10 years, right? But it's only been 10 years since Riot had released League. That's kind of trippy. Yeah. That's yeah, there, trippy. There's a documentary out as well among the 10 million things they announced yesterday <laughs> about, you know, start League starting from a free demo to where it is now. And, you know, That's yeah, trippy. It's, uh, it's only been 10 years. It's like one of the most... Well, I, huge I won't company, point. yeah. It's had a huge impact, right? On esports especially. And you know, I'm excited. I, I hope that, you know... This, this the game pushes wizards to increase the bar you know both in esports but also the quality of playing mtg arena because there have been rightfully so i think some uh, some complaints about lags and disconnects and stuff i mean in one of my mpl matches i just got disconnected and couldn't log back on and lost a match yeah. so uh not type of thing i really like to happen in, in these high stakes games so uh good point on that i think like on the competition thing. I think now we're starting to see... I mean, I'm an outsider. I don't know the how Hearthstone is doing, but it seemed like when it started off, oh, man, it, it's a it's a threat to Magic, but it's sort of, like, peaked, right? Like Yeah, well, Magic was always saying, oh, no, it's not a threat, but then Magic moved into the, really into the digital sphere, and then at the time, Hearthstone kind of did have, have a downswing. It's kind of... It, I think it did peak, and people have kind of gotten bored of it, plus... Yeah. You know, there's been the controversy with Blizzard lately, but you know, Hearthstone still has its its appeal, and I think, but I think that, in terms of like just bringing people to the idea of playing this type of game, and it being an esports and being a, a viewership product, I think Hearthstone has helped Magic in that regard. Even if right. some people have moved over, you know, I think they also get people from Hearthstone coming to Magic. Right. Um, and like you know, Artifact wasn't as successful as a lot of us hoped, <laughs> but uh, you know it's still cool to see people doing things. And I mean, I hope that uh, League's game, Legends of Runeterra, is uh, is successful. And uh, it's just so funny. There's more and more games, and more more. It's uh, it, it's just cool that like, you know, when I started playing Magic, and I, I had the dream to play professionally, right? But I never meant imagined that it would be like esports like would exist really kind of like like it does now i didn't think of that i just thought of you know these old ads of of play the game see the world just hang with your buddies and you know in hawaii or whatever and battling some cards so it's a big world out there just gonna say it was funny it's funny and sad that artifact is is like the i mean the main go-to joke every time for anything that's like yeah i think i I mean i think it's sad because i think they had they had something good there but you know there, there's a, there's definitely some mistakes that happen there, and it's there is also such a thing potentially as an oversaturation of the market, but mm. you know there's I think there's there's room for for one more, you know, and uh, Riot is a is a big player, a big stage, and you know, people always whenever these games come out they're like oh it's going to kill Magic, but I just don't think that that's the case. I think Magic is going to exist. You know, maybe it takes some of Magic's market share, but also, you know, maybe it brings a, a new bunch of people come and play that game, and then they're like, oh, you know, Magic, I'm, I'm, they're now comfortable diving in there where they haven't before. Like, you're talking about your wife, right, Caddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's been playing, she started playing League with us, right, and got into it, and then from that started playing TFT, kind of a game that, you know, you never thought she would play something like that, right? And then maybe this gets her into league card game and then finally she ends up playing magic with you you know who knows right unlikely unlikely but 
Um, I love how, like, our private discussions, we, we talk about how... Well, you're sharing our private discussions on air? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> the, the reason my wife got attached to League is because how she relates... Not, not really... Relate might not be the, the best word, but relates to some of the characters because of you know, the, the, the female characters in the game. Uh, and when she played TFT, you know, it's kind of cool to, to also be able to recognize the characters that she, she knows and she loves. And um, the same way for Legends of Runeterra, the, the League card game, I think that's why she might start playing it, just be able to play cards associated with her favorite characters. Now, the, the thing I asked, that I wondered, uh, and I asked you, it's like, in Magic, you know the, the story, I know, even though I never cared about lore since, since I started Magic, because I think the game is so good from a, just a base game with its base mechanics, and and everything the game is so good i never had to care about the story but of course throughout the years whether it's the set or people that i know i start to know like the planeswalker story like the chandra and it's like but i know nothing about the lead characters and, and neither does my wife but why i find i am starting to wonder why it, it is that can make us more attached to these lead characters and, and i think one of the reasons is like when you play regular league you play as one of them and maybe that's why you're more attached. You're 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 you you are the character. You're not a, have a friend, a planeswalker friend on the table. You're Garen. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's why. I think that's partly it. Yeah. I I think just also they just design the characters in a way that makes them feel cool and interesting. That I've never really felt that I connected with magic characters that way. I don't know if it's because I started playing magic before a lot of these characters kind of arrived. You know, but. The, the narrative that Wizards pushed of like, hey, you're you're Jace and you're going and doing this stuff. I've just never gotten that. Like, I'm, I, you know, I can feel like, oh, you're a powerful planeswalker. But then suddenly you could just summon Jace and he just costs like four mana and and just dies to like a, a random elf. You know, I, I, I just, <laughs> you know, you don't see, Garen doesn't die to a random minion very often, right? He can always run away and heal himself up. <laughs> but... Yeah, I just, I don't know, I just didn't connect that way. Whereas in League, there's so many times, they're like, wow, there's just so many different champions, and they all have, like, their cool story and their abilities, and, like, their abilities align with who they are, and, like, they have that a bit with Magic in some ways, but, I don't know. For Magic, I've always been more interested in just, like, the way the game functions and the idea of, the idea of the universe rather than necessarily the characters in it. Right, right. And I think I think Jace is just like the typical wizard in like Diablo that that's supposed to that. Yeah, he's a, a little. Like he's, he's a little like. Yeah, he's like a little like, kind of whiny, you know, <laughs> like, you know, outcast type thing that we're supposed to identify with, right? Who's like, supposed to be super smart? Yeah, right? Cause... supposed to be super smart and this stuff, and it's like, it just feels like pandering kind of to me, right? <laughs> like, whereas you know, there's. The league characters are all like different. They all have their like flaws, and you know one of the characters is literally a serial killer. Or whatever. That's his thing. It's like, why do you want to play as that person? It's like I don't know. Like... <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, I would. I wonder if, if, yeah, Magic could. I do wonder if they could incorporate this more. Like have us like care about the well. Because some people do care about the lore way more than we do. So yeah, some so people really do care. Can't about speak it. for them. I mean, like I tried. I. I I've read a bunch of the magic books, but they just always have new characters kind of all the time. They and they tried to fix that with having the planeswalkers, but I just don't think that 
I don't know. I just haven't gotten into the, the Planeswalker characters that much and, and felt that involved with them. Why, why is it that the Urza series was so popular that even I think you, you read into them or no? Yeah, I, I, I read the, the Brothers War. I mean, I've, I, read, uh, I read that and I thought it was interesting. What is it that made that just way more interesting to someone Again, like Again, it's like the story in the universe I found more compelling than Urza or Mishra as characters. Both of them are kind of miserable, you know, they're kind of dicks. They're just like two brothers. They're just trying to out, out you know, out show up one another and they literally ruin their whole planet basically doing this. They're like they strip mine the ground, you know, like there's earth they, you know, they make Urza's tower mine whatever and Mishra's workshop and all this stuff and they're just making artifacts from everything and having all endless wars just to satisfy each other's egos. And, you know, at some point, you know, Mishra at least has the good, you know, the good races to get controlled by the Phyrexians. So he has that as an excuse. But Urza, what's his excuse? No, he's just egotistical jerk, really. You know, and then he ends up manipulating bloodlines later on to just have someone as a hero to beat the Phyrexians because he's pissed off at them for having influenced his brother. It's like, what, you know, what is going on? Like, that... <laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. Spoilers. But... But, <laughs> but yeah, it, no, it's... It, I love to hear this. It's just cool that, like, at some point that, uh, like, you know all about this. That I, I've sort of heard about this, this story. Yeah, I mean, I know some of the story. And they stopped making books is another thing. I don't know. They have comics and stuff. But it's uh, it just doesn't feel like the the same to me that some of the League stuff has. I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure why... Why the league IP appeals to me more in that in that regard? I think you can also like, I don't know. They they all have their different voices, catchphrases that yeah dur- during. Well, they have that that tune when you play Teferi. Let's let's speed this up. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm gonna take a really long time to win the game, so we better hurry. That's long. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess maybe. Maybe it's just there's different flavors in League where you can you can have a cute character or like I said girl characters that my wife thinks are cute or or funny or stuff like that or oh volley bear it's not like all <laughs> badass planeswalkers right I think yeah. maybe there's all... Yumi he's literally a cat who attaches to you it's a cat with a book who just like goes on your shoulders like meow and then like you know <laughs> suddenly you're stronger <laughs> speaking of Garen you know Garen Yumi I've been watching some of League World coverage and that's been a a somewhat popular bottom lane. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like you know, <laughs> I think yeah, I, I think so many so many like things that are like humorous, right? As well as yeah. they don't necessarily take themselves seriously. But magic has a little bit of that too. It's just not in the main characters as much. They all, they try really hard to make you feel badass, make you feel like you're the character. But no, I'm a planeswalker. I'm a different planeswalker. I'm not Jace. I don't you know, I'm me, and uh, I have. You know, sure, sometimes I'll just summon Jace because I want to brainstorm, but, like, I don't feel the same attachment. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I did, I'd be like, no, don't attack my Jace. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good point. I mean, we're, we're both excited to see what, what comes uh, in the next year in terms of the esports world, you know, like, hopefully it's it's great for everyone and, and more people can... can become i guess professional gamers and whatever or just more people can become fans and casual players of of card games like i just think you know for me it's i just found it's magic and the whole genre is just awesome i think it's you know 
really brilliant way to play a game and you know strategic while also kind of being different all the time and you know creative well because you get to choose your own deck to a certain extent and i think sharing that getting another group of people who otherwise wouldn't have played this type of game into it is great and i think you know if you're if you're someone at wizards i think that you should look at this as a good thing too but you should also look at this as a as a reason you need to make your product right. up to top tier and polished because you know having tried out legend Ruterra, i'll tell you it, it looks very polished it's very smooth and you know, it didn't crash my computer every ten minutes. <laughs> oh God! So, you know that you that, that you don't want somebody moving from that to something that has those problems because they're not going to stick with that, even if they they think the game's better. And I do think Magic is a very tough game to compete with because it really has so much brilliance. It was there first, and so many of the things create a lot of depth. Like I actually think a lot of these games that are destroying lands from from how they exist you know to prevent mana screw i think mana screw and mana flood are actually beneficial to the depth and interest of magic even though you know i'm suggesting to ban feel of the dead one of the reasons because hey look it's a land that actually like gives you benefit i think that's an interesting dynamic that other games for example don't have yeah well, okay well we'll i'll just ask the flash i'll finish with my my opinion uh like i i dive deep into other games i dived into shadowverse went really deep but then i realized it wasn't as good as magic because the play patterns were too predictable because there's no instance you just curve out the same way and i knew whether i was going to win or lose based on how i was curving versus my opponent and and as much as i plug teamfight tactics and love the game i've mentioned a few times that the problem with that game now is like once the meta stabilizes it seems like you can everyone's forcing the same strategy so there's not this um, reaction to oh, you know they're they're building this, so I have to. There's no time to pivot um, to what other people are building because you're not even sure the person that that you're countering is going to make it to the finals with you, right? If you yeah. you have to know who who's doing well, who you, there's just too many things. So it doesn't have that feel of, of magic where like watching you play uh, Throne of Eldraine Limited and, and seeing you. Uh, crush people and and so at its core I still find magic that's why magic's untouchable so it'll be, it'll be interesting once I pick up Legends of Runeterra if it has certain wrinkles of, of magic that, that I love which is that that's unpredictability and that um, skill intensity skill uh, that cap yeah no, I mean it, it seems like a sweet game so far but you know I, I, I just always view magic as the king it's setting on top of the throne. Everybody's coming to try and dethrone it, right? Um, but, you know, there are some advantages for being purely a digital card game versus being, you know, like Magic having both digital and physical forms. For example, you know, you say the games like TFT, sometimes you get stale with a comp and so on. Well, they can fix that by every week they just have a new patch, right? So right, right, right. And they do that. Mm-hmm. But you, and you can do that potentially with card games, you know. Right now, if Magic was just a digital card game, they don't have to ban Field of the Dead. They can just errata it or or print some other card. They just add one card to the, the pool, stand the card pool. Easy, done. And they can't really do that because of the way magic exists in two forms. But also, again, that's, you know, while weakness is also strength, because I don't think we would have gotten to, we wouldn't have started playing magic to the extent we did and gotten as involved if it had just been a digital card game, right? For me, a lot of it was going to the local store, meeting people, playing with them, learning from them, that pushed me into it 
to the extent that I that I did get into it, and uh, I don't. I, you know, I I don't know. I, I some people say that in five years, magic is going to be entirely digital, and I kind of hope they're wrong. I think you know, I hope they're wrong. I I, I would certainly miss physical L- cards. But... L- LGS hopes they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shout out to face to face games. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think there'll still be people playing casually, mm-hmm, even yeah, if physical yeah. cards stop. But right, uh, I could see you know pro level stuff being entirely digital it's also in, easier to watch in some ways but again i also feel something is lost like the you know looking at your opponent's face the way they tap their lands the you know you can get a lot of information there that is kind of hidden right like we talked about how i had you know in one of my matches i had just had a feeling in my gut my opponent had drawn walking ballista and i couldn't didn't know exactly why i don't i wouldn't have had that feeling if they just drawn an arena so it's there's a balance there's a balance and I think that having different games can kind of they can go in different directions so it's too bad they couldn't do because magic is too complicated I'm I'm thinking about like doing a mobile game no just like how you have live play but the representation on the stream is not the live play so chess is an example right you're playing a real life chess Representation is a chessboard. I mean, they could do that. It's it requires more resource and stuff. Yeah, I think I think also going mobile is a big thing, and I think for that they would have to make a different version of Magic. Right, I agree with that. Um, but it might be a project that they're even working on right now. I don't know. It seems like something that's probably worthwhile to do. You know, people are on their phones a lot, and I think a lot of the reason why you're seeing these big big players in the game trying to make these card games is that. You know, it is a game that you can play on your mobile. You can play when you don't necessarily have that long, and I think that's also the push why to best of one in Magic that you can finish a game really quickly if you're playing best of one, compared to playing a best of three it requires a lot larger time commitment. Which, if you have that time commitment, people might just be playing a different style of game, right? I think they have to do what League did, which is League's bringing League to mobile, but it's an entirely different game. Like right. you're not cross playing with the with the PC. Yeah, it's crazy. They just released a game in every genre from Riot. You know, just everything. They're just doing it all at once. They're like, oh yeah, here we go. You know, we we're just Riot game. Now we're Riot games. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we have going. a million things. So that's all right, cool, yeah. All right, we'll let you go. Yeah, and I apologize for all the non magic talk. I guess. <laughs> just... <laughs> but it's exciting to, to yeah. analyze why we love magic and 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 what we can see it where we could see it improve. So yeah, that uh, good luck. I think Thank uh, you. I will, the table I'll, for two fans will I'll need one. it. I'll need it. You know what, KYT? <laughs> this is how confident I am that I won't win. It's that I'll buy you dinner if I win the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We'll hold you to it. Bye, everyone. Peace. Parkour. <laughs> okay.